Who the bloody hell's that? Come on, H. Oh, Anthony! How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. How are you? Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little bit. No, it's fine. fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time I put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 83 of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> Hang on, I'm just trying to reach round my kettle. That's it. Hello. Hello. And you, you, need, to, you need to photo this. Uh, listeners, uh, <laughs> your favourite singer is currently positioning his microphones in a kettle. It is. Yes, I've got a little microphone that a friend of mine gave me. He used to work for Shaw. And and um, it's probably the reason he doesn't work for Shaw anymore. He kept giving shiz <laughs> away. But um, I'm... Um, it hasn't got a stand, but I've just found out that if I if I pop it in the hotel kettle, it's at a good distance from my mouth. And hopefully uh, this week's podcast will sound better than last week's when I didn't have it in a kettle. And uh, and so the, the sound was compromised, frankly. Mm. Uh, this should be better. Mm. It's perfect. You ought to take that with you. <laughs> Have you ever stolen a kettle? I'm in Liverpool. They expect you to steal everything. <laughs> it's all fastened to the wall with chains. <laughs> I, think, I think you must, you must, must, must put that photo on Insta because it is, <laughs> even from here, it looks great. <laughs> so we were just, we were just gabbering on before we started, but, uh, and we were gabbering on a bit about the tour so far, but you're having a belt in time, aren't you? Yeah, I'm having a fantastic time. Uh, I'm singing well. Or I have been so far. I've probably cursed it now by bragging. Uh, but I have been singing really well. The, sh- the band's playing well. The set list has been extremely well received. So the feedback is all good. Uh, Jens, our, our Danish lighting designer, is um, doing a great job with the lights, so it looks amazing. Um, so, yes, all is good. I'm just going to move this mic now because, of course, these fans have kicked in. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to be better. But there we are. (laughs) I'm literally literally looking at you and you've got a kettle in front of you. I can't see the mic anymore because it's obscured by the lid. So the lid of this kettle is open with a mic wedged inside it and all I can see is you with an open kettle. Oh, oh, that Lord. is brilliant. Right, there we are. Look. I'm just talking yeah. into this kettle. Talking into that kettle. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was just saying, because obviously I came to Manchester um, last week and had, a, and had a fantastic time and it was really good, thoroughly enjoyed it. But there was one moment um, you had this... this you, there's a guitar chord. There's a particular guitar chord at the beginning or in, in the first part of Vapor Trails in the Sky, isn't it, in the levers? There is, yes. And we've yes. ascertained it's a D chord. 
It's a big Ricky 12 string chord, yeah, and I look forward to playing it all day. And um, your face when you play this chord is quite extraordinary. <laughs> it's a cat got the cream face. <laughs> yeah. But well, I didn't realise that even Phil comments on this. He does. He sends me texts after the show going, oh, great Vapor Trails chord tonight. Um Huge. So, um, yeah, at least I know he's got it in the PA because it sounds great in my head. Oh, it sounds um, great. It sounds great out front. He, he obviously lets his his finger push the fader up just a couple of notches. I bet he does. Yeah, he's waiting for it. Yeah. Um, no, the, the look on my face is really a celebration of, uh, A, Owning that guitar in the first place because it's a fabulous guitar. Uh, B, the way it sounds in my head. And C, the moment that it gives that song, you know, because that's mm. my favourite moment in the levers as well, the, the Vapor Trails section. Um, there's just something lovely about it and it's always been my favourite bit. So to be heralding that section in in such a spectacular way with such a fabulous guitar is uh, is the stuff of dreams, frankly. Um, and I've always enjoyed shit like that more than the singing. You know, mm. when, we're, when we're making the records, my favourite bit is usually shaking the tambourines. Um, I don't know why, I, think, I just do. I think there's two bits like that in the levers because there's a bit like that at the end where uh, it all kicks in just before you start singing, where there's another big guitar chord. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think it's got the same sort of vibe, that kind of celebration vibe. And we come together. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to play the wrong chords in that bit, but I've been getting better. <laughs> Starts on the fourth fret, and I often start it on the fifth, which sounds horrid. So... um yeah, that's I've, that's been bedding in slowly. Right. Um, right, that's a jag. How, how do you get better? I'd have thought with a chord, it's either wrong or it's not. I didn't realise there was. Oh, it's a little better. No, it does get better um, right. because I've you know I've got so much to think about, and I'm singing, and where should I be standing, and what should I be saying, and oh, is this on? And is the volume pedaled down? And oh shit, which fret is it? Um, so over the course of the, the tour, that starts to work its way into muscle memory, you know, right. and, and you don't have to think quite so much, which um, enables me to, to multitask <laughs> the requisite rate. So if, you've, uh, if, if you're a patron and you're listening to this on Friday, You've still got time to tune in for the live stream, even if you're if you're not going to Hammersmith to see you get that imperfect sync then for the right night last night. Yes, yes. Although it's sod's law that I'll screw it up when it really <laughs> matters, but um, you will see me laugh if I get it wrong. You know, I'm either going to be grinning like a Cheshire cat because I got it right, or or dying laughing because I fucked it up. Those are the two possibilities. And the purples will be the only ones that know why you're laughing. <laughs> Just that I've heard you describe what's going to happen. I'll go, oh dear, he's laughing. <laughs> if, if just before that moment comes, you spot his fingers aren't on the fourth fret, you kind of know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. 
right? Cool. No, I think it's been great. And I think the, the, the feedback, the social media feedback has been overwhelming, really has. And I don't know what the other gig's been like, but I mean, the band got a stand innovation in Manchester when they came on. I don't know if that's been something that's been going on everywhere. Um, um, it's happened in a lot of them. It happened on the first one in the hall. Um, it happened last night in Birmingham. The ovation last night was amazing at Birmingham Symphony Hall last night. Um, and in Liverpool tomorrow, you know, it's Liverpool and they're so leery. You can never tell there's an ovation or just people enjoying themselves. <laughs> they never shut up in Liverpool. In a nice way? Most of the time, although there's Most always a couple of characters, you know, that just rap all the way through the quiet bits because they, they just that's how they live their lives. <laughs> that's actually, do you know what, as a description of Scousers, that's not far out, is it? Talking through the quiet bits. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're Could very be an uh, title, that. So, sociable bunch, the Scousers, yes. aren't they? Very sociable. Very unique bunch. Um, so what we thought we'd... Well, actually, one thing I do want to say, because uh, I can kind of ask for a little bit of forgiveness, though it's not gone that far yet, so it's not a major problem. I, I bobbed a hashtag on, um, on, on Facebook the other day because I woke up grinning after the show, and one of the reasons I woke up grinning was because you you played a particular track, which I really love and we've talked about on TCD. Um, so I popped a hashtag of release the release up on uh, Facebook the other day to see if I can get enough groundswell of support to see if we can twist arms to get the release released. And I've actually started to do some work on actually working out how many downloads we'd have to sell, the band would have to sell to get it into the top ten. Yeah, all right. Uh, because the problem is, I don't, I don't. You'll know about all of this. I don't know if people know this, but to get a single high up in the charts now, the streaming services—it's one in ten. Everyone you sell um, is the equivalent of ten streams. That's how they work it when they gradiate the numbers. Right. So if if you need a million streams to get somewhere, you need to sell a hundred thousand. That makes sense. You with that? No, didn't okay. understand that at all. So they, they take an aggregate of what's been sold and what's been streamed. Right. But they, they obviously put it in the favour of the sales. So the sales carry more weight than the streams. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's about a 10 to 1 ratio. And it, it, the information I got from the kind of chart website was you kind of need about 100,000 physical sales. And that can be a download, not a product. But it, right. you need to have taken some money for it to kind of get you into... into. So I'm trying to work out how the hell we get 100,000 people to cough up for the release to get it in the top ten. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that in your capable I lap. I thought you might. If you if you see Lucy on your travels, just mention it to her, see what she thinks. Okay, I know what I might she'll get a single. Say. She'll say, I why do you want to release a single from 1980 blah? Um, 1990 blah or whatever it was. 88 89 because that because wants to i'll say that that's the that's the response <laughs> and 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 a small but loyal band of followers we like that we like the rebels in star wars yeah well i thought it was a you know i thought it was a surefire song when we when we wrote it but i was in in a, in a majority of one <laughs> well it sounded bloody great the other night how's it gone down yeah it's been going down very well i've had a lot of really positive comments about the release um 
So, I mean, I, I think someone would have voted it out the set by now if not for the fact that we've we've had a really good swell of feedback on its behalf. So uh, it's it's been it's been going down really well, and it's fun to do. It's nice and easy. Got, I think I've got my finger on the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's it's, it's happening. I we, wondered what you were smiling about. <laughs> shove some bells on it. Shove some jingle bells on it. We get to number one for Christmas. <laughs> right. We said today we talk about mixtapes. Mm. Right. Because what? I had this random thought that because you were going away on a little bus tour for a fortnight, mm. you might have you might have done the equivalent of created yourself a, a little mixtape. Just, uh, just uh, you know, because you're going on a trip, so you do yourself a new mixtape when you're going on a trip. Right. Um, so I was kind of throw, hoping to throw it to you and say, right, what would be on side one and side two of your mixtape? And I was probably going to suggest side one might be pre-gig and side two might be post-gig. Right. Blimey. Um, well, let me have a think. What would I start with? I know I used to take off to crazy by seal. I used to love going down runways to that. Um, that was a terrific track to have in your ears as you were going down the runway. But for for buses, um, pre-gig on the bus. Um, yeah, it's going to lift you. What's going to lift me? Well, all sorts, really. Um Who's Zooming Who? Aretha Franklin is a cracker. Um, Sign of the Times by Prince uh, would lift me. Um, Your Love is Just For Me by Al Green. That's a, that's a great track. That would lift me. Um, the Seventh Wave by Sting from The Dream of the Blue Turtles. Now there's a song that will lift you up. Um, and Happy Now by Take That. Mm. Now that's a track. If you're not mm. familiar with the track called Happy Now by Take That, you might completely rethink what Take That represent to you because that is an absolute killer track. Is that new Take That or old Take That? As in... It's take it's that one they did um, where they're kind of... with a yellow sleeve and they're, they're kind of mimicking the... The Ascent of Man, you know, from the monkey. Ah, right, that so it's one. new Take That then, isn't it? Newish Take That, yeah. Is that after Robbie went away and came back? Yeah, it's a, well, it's after they kind of split up and came back together, isn't it? So it's... Um, it's I don't know, is that album called Progress? don't know. Might be, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's those albums an, are great. an amazing track. Amazing sounding song, that. Brilliantly mm. produced. Um I love Weird Fishes by Radiohead. I'll go, I'll, that's one of those songs that once I put it on once, I've got to have it going again and again and mm. again, end to end. That's just a wonderful thing. Um, and for after the show, I, I mean, how many do you want? I well, wait, I suppose if it's back to the, the good old days of, of, of mixtapes, it's 45 minutes either side, isn't it? Are we on a TDKC90 here? <laughs> Or were you posh? Did you have BASF? 
No, I had the TDK. What was the top of the range TDK called? I don't know. It was called titanium or chromium or... Oh, well, yes, it was. You're right. It was You're like, right. There was a top of the range TDK uh, and that, that tended to sound better than anything else. I haven't put any Beatles in, have I? So, Birthday by the Beatles. That's going to... That's going to give you a bit of a lift. Oh, is, is that your Beatles lift track? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if that, if that doesn't get you on your feet, nothing much will. I always, like, got to get you into my life. Right. Yeah. I think Macca said that was about... That song, he said that song was about marijuana. It was about getting drugs into his life. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. I might have dreamt I that. That's another reason to like it. Yeah, yeah. I always loved that track. Thought it was a great, great uh, horn refrain. Yeah. The Irish Rover by the Dubliners and the Pogues Ooh. together. Ooh. You know that track? Yes. That's a, that's a cracker. About that's... 400 miles an hour. Yeah. Drummer must have had a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> and I, on the, 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 I learnt Shane McGowan's trick um, during that. If you listen to that song carefully, he begins each line, irrespective of what the melody is, by going... And then he goes... He basically just does this... For the first, for the first note of every line, <laughs> so that's, that's Shane's Shane's trick. <laughs> Reach Probably. out, I'll be there. The four tops. Oh yes. Hey, cool. Can't argue with that, can you? No, no. And what about what about um, White Wedding? Billy Idol. Billy. Yeah, if you want Ooh. lifting. Can't argue with that either. Now, one of the kids that plays in my under under nines football team, his dad's a Billy Idol tribute act. Oh well, um, which explained a lot the first time I met him. <laughs> did he have a blonde not, quiff and leather he, trousers? He, he, he did stick out a little bit at the school gates the first time I met him. <laughs> Was he sneering? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's. I don't know how he does the sneer because I've only ever seen him smiling. <laughs> Not Billy, obviously. Billy sneers. I think Billy's face is just set like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm. He's cleaned his act up, hasn't he? Um, Billy Idol. I saw I something the other day. Anything about Billy Idol? Except oh yeah. For, I used to rehearse next door to him in uh, Chelsea with the Euros, and uh, and I think White Wedding's a great track. That's it's a great of, track. That's that's what I know about Billy Idol. Mm. I once saw him play in, in, would you believe, at the Jazz Festival in Montreal, except obviously we all know it's not a jazz festival, but he was fantastic. Oh, he was fantastic. Um, he's, he's, that's one of the advantages of being, effectively being your own caricature. That you can just you can just go out and really ham it up and it's great. Yeah, and yeah. He, and, he, and he was he was superb. Oh, but it, yeah, but they're they idle. That, that, that works well. I wonder if he's like Iggy. I wonder if he comes off stage and sort of turns back into a mild-mannered accountant and puts, oh, a, yeah. puts a suit on and some half-lens specs. And... Well, like Alice Cooper and just nips out on the golf course and yeah, goes yeah. around in. Yeah. yeah, Alice is like that. 
Likes a pair of plus fours, doesn't he? Alice. 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 I've 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 sat at a table with Alice. I've been mistaken for You've Alice, of course, Alice. Uh, after a particularly heavy night, and, and I've I've also sat at a table with him. He's very nice. Mm. What about Once in a Lifetime by the Talking Heads? Oh, yeah, um, the story of my life. I mean, that, mm. they wrote that for me, I reckon, without having met me. This is not my beautiful house. Um, and, uh, oh, I could just go on and on. The Hole of the what? Moon, of course. Oh, the whole, uh, now that's a good lift track. Yeah, that's going to do it. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. So what about post-gig then? What's the, what's the, what's going to mm. bring you, you know, help that, help that crash from euphoria? You need something chilled out, don't you? Good vibrations yeah. by the Beach Boys. Um, I'm just scanning now. What would I have to get myself? Um... Been a Leonard? Chuck a, chuck a Leonard Cohen in there? Or is that two? No, that's for... Leonard's for pensive. I think right. post-gig... Um, you know, a bit of Glenn Campbell, Wichita Lineman. Yeah, yeah. Number Nine Dream, John Lennon. Maybe I heard it through the grapevine. Um, That's tea, a good tune. Tea in the Sahara by the police. Oh, there's a track to chill out to. Um, no one else. Mm-hmm. Post gigs are tough one, isn't it? Post gigs harder, yeah, because you want something to just. Um, Easter parade by the Blue Nile is beautiful, and uh, oh, what else? Just to sort of totally chill out. What about something like Wild Horses? No. No? Okay. <laughs> what a ridiculous suggestion. I can't believe list. I even made it. You make your own list. <laughs> um, no, I think I think that, yeah. What about Rain by the Beatles? That's quite a good track. And um, ooh, No Woman, No Cry, a bit of Bob Marley mm-hmm. perhaps. A bit of Bob's. You know, um, weather with you, crowded house. Hmm? Um, there's a there's a song called "She Goes On" on Woodface by Crowded House, hmm. and that's just beautiful. That's a lovely song to to just sort of chill out to. You could pick quite a lot of Crowded House, actually, couldn't you? Because they hit that vibe quite quite hmm. well. Yeah, and then maybe. Angel, a massive attack. Mm. So that sort of thing, The Ghost in You by Psychedelic Fools. That's a good shout. That's a really good shout. Yeah. Any Floyd? Yeah, 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 that'd be a good choice, wouldn't it? Um, breathe, maybe breathe from uh, Dark Side of the Moon. 
It's lovely. Mm. Maybe something. a bit of later Dylan? Something by the Beatles. Oh, something. It's a beautiful tune. Yeah. Beautiful tune. Yes. It's, it's so hard to ever say that, oh, that's the best thing the Beatles ever did, isn't it? Because they, they covered so many bases. But there is a powerful argument for something. It's just mm. such a wonderful melody and everything about it, the guitar parts. George but knocked some killers off. He did know. knock some killers out. John he and did. Paul got all the attention, but George definitely pulled his own weight. Saying that, though, with uh, going back to the live stream, what about Across the Universe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be a good choice. That's a beautiful song. And maybe something by Rufus. Um, Rufus did a song I only ever heard once in, in a in a boarding house in Italy, <laughs> run by a couple of gay guys, and and they boarding put this amazing breakfast or boarding. on. Not bo- no boarding house, not a boardy house. Oh. <laughs> I'm back to episode eighty two. Uh, I'm, I'm back with Chris uh, Neal. They had a song that they played called Under the Peach Trees. And I don't know which album that's from, but I only ever heard it that once and it was really lovely. So check out Under the Peach Trees by by Rufus. Right. Whatever happened to Rufus? I I was lying on the shelf last night wondering what happened to Rufus, where he'd gone and what he was doing. I'm, I'm sure whatever it is, it's amazing. But I've kind of lost track of him a bit. I don't, do you know what? I don't know. I think he went to Berlin. He married Leonard Cohen's daughter, even though he's about as gay as, as per, a person as you're ever going to meet. Um, and then promptly, I think, moved to Berlin. So I don't know whether he took the family with him or whether they split up and lost track. Mm. I'm going to a town that's already been burnt down. He sang, and off he went. Well, I think that's that's not a bad little chill-out list, is it? No. Post, post-gig chill-out list? No. Yeah. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. I'm liking the, the before and after. Nice vibe. Um, we've, got a, we've got a fairly special piece of diary coming, haven't we? <laughs> oh, that was a day. That's the kind of day not a lot of people have. Um, but I had it, yeah. Went out for a light bulb, came back with a gold rug. <laughs> There's a fella that would have sold you a mic stand. It went, yes, he would have, yes, would he ever. Um, yeah, I went out to spend one and a half dollars and came back having spent 4000 uh on something I didn't even want. That was weird, but he was a wizard. And could not be stopped. Um, It was my (laughs) good or strange fortune (laughs) to run into. (laughs) Ah, God. Yeah. But you've all seen the rug now. If you've seen any of the... If you've seen any of the live streams from my home, because it's it's hanging up behind me. So at least I got it out of the cupboard after 30 years. I've I've seen it. About a hundred times now. <laughs> yes, yes, you've seen it a lot. 
Yes, you've had you've had my you've had my money's worth. I've had your uh, money's worth out of your rug. <laughs> that and the fact that I still own two steps on your bottom car, your bottom stairs carpet. Yes, I'm looking after them. Yeah, thanks. I'm, they're the best two. Well, I'm hoping you're jumping over them. <laughs> they're the best ones on the way up. <laughs> we've put we've put glass over them, you know, so you? not oh, to ruin brilliant. them. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not thinking about the day when actually, you know, it's bequeathed in my direction, but... When you'll, when you'll turn up at our front door with a Stanley knife, <laughs> to, Stanley co- knife. to collect it. Yeah. <laughs> I could, actually, do you know what? I could do that. I could come and take them, and I could put them on the wall behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and then every time we start a call... <laughs> yeah. Put a carpet on the wall. <laughs> Where do you think I got that idea? <laughs> Should we disappear off for this diary then and speak to your magic man? Yes, yes. Let me let me take you to San Francisco, uh, to the, the the Chinatown area, where I met a wizard. Wednesday, 27th of August. San Francisco. Day off. Didn't get up till 10.30 or so. I was a bit surprised that Sophie or Niall didn't come knocking on our door. I popped across the corridor to check they were both all right. Sure enough, there they were, sitting side by side on the bed, watching TV. Good morning, Daddy. Did you have a good night? said Sophie. What a sweetie. She has never changed. We got ready and then went out, walking through Chinatown and climbing onto the streetcar which took us down to the bay. Fisherman's Wharf on Pier 31 was a mile or so along the waterfront, so we waited for a cab. While we waited, two boys on taxi bikes or passenger tricycles pulled up and offered us a ride. I climbed in one with Niall. Sue and Sophie climbed aboard the other. We got there and we were all eager to have some breakfast, so we settled on a cafe and I ate clam chowder. This is the only city in the world to eat chowder, P.S. and Boston. It was delicious. I've found in the past it is also a great hangover cure. We spent the rest of our free time on the pier wandering around the many shops. We bought exotic seashells and found a carousel. At the end of the pier, I photographed Sue in front of Alcatraz across the bay. From here, you can see the Golden Gate Bridge, as well as the infamous Prison Island, and the opposite side of the bay where seals played in the fast current of the Bay Channel. I'm told the water is as cold as the North Sea, even in the summer. At three o'clock, we took a cab back to the hotel to pack, and at 3.45, we took a car to the airport. Sue and the children returned to England today. I helped everyone check in and gave the children hugs and kisses. They promised to be good and look after Mummy until I come home. I said bye-bye to Sue. She will fly to Washington in two weeks to see me again for a few days, so at least we won't be parted too long. I returned to the hotel with no idea of what was about to unfold. It was almost six so I returned to Jacob's shop in the hope of getting a spare bulb for my new lamp. 
When I arrived there, he greeted me like a friend and was most excited that I'd returned. He had gone to last night's show with his wife. He was grateful that I'd gone to the trouble of leaving him complimentary tickets at the door, but he was downright blown away with the show. He said he loved the band and had no idea yesterday that we were so brilliant. He seemed most charmed by me as a performer and human being and determined to become a lifelong friend. He insisted I sit down at the back of the shop and instructed the shop boy, a Mexican called Arthur, to go out for a case of beer and a pizza. He said he had something he wanted to show me and he went upstairs to search around for a Persian rug with gold woven into it. He couldn't find it and returned downstairs, still enthusing about the show and my generosity. He bears a striking resemblance to Robert De Niro in Goodfellas, both physically and in terms of his delivery of an endless tirade of words. After ten minutes, my head was swimming. Arthur returned with Coronas and pizza and was sent upstairs to fetch three rugs, which he unfolded at my feet. One of them was particularly beautiful, a tree of life hanging with pomegranates, all woven in silk against gold. He says it's worth a fortune. I say it's beautiful, but I can't afford it, and I don't need it. He says he wants to know that it's in my house, and although it's worth, quote, much, much more, I can have it for $6,000. By this time I'm laughing, but he won't take no for an answer. He asked me if there's anything else in the shop that I like the look of. There's a Tiffany lamp in the corner. It's lovely, but it's repro, I think. In a cabinet, there are two Art Deco vases that catch my eye. I'm going to package them and send them to your wife as a present, he said, clapping his hands and instructing Arthur to pack them up for delivery. Somehow this wizard enchants me shames me and literally juggernauts me into buying the rug. He says it will bring me luck. He wants to give me whatever will make me happy. He throws the keys to his Mercedes on the table. It's yours for the night. Take it for a drive. Enjoy yourself. See the city. I say thanks, but I don't need to borrow his car. He drags me over to meet the people who run the kosher Lebanese restaurant over the road. He wants all his friends to meet me. Eventually, he insists I go out on the town with him. I shudder to imagine where he would drag me off to. I decline as I must be up early in the morning, so he drives me back to the Triton Hotel, playing the doors at ear-bleeding volume in his Mercedes from the CD player in the boot. I get back to my room and sit on the bed, wondering how I have so easily been parted from £4,000. I only wanted a light bulb. I call Tim Brickus, the tour manager, to my room, telling the whole story, asking his advice. He asks to see the rug, so I unpack it and show him. He says all the wrong things. Well, it is very beautiful. Well, now and again in this life you have to forget about the money, etc., I tell Tim he's not supposed to be saying this. He's supposed to be telling me I'm insane and I've been conned. We go and get Alan Parker. He also thinks it's lovely. I get Tim to change my air ticket and hotel reservation. 
I'd better stay another day and sort all this out. I lay awake all night, half of me thinking I've been conned out of a ton of money, the other half hoping I haven't, dismayed that someone for whom I'd done a favour could use me so brazenly to his advantage when I was so obviously prepared to trust him. He is either rich, generous and a little crazy or he's a total bastard. I had invested £4,000 in finding out. I know all this sounds naive but you'd have had to be there. Thursday, 28th of August. San Francisco, day off. At 8am, I called Jacob at home. I get his answering machine. I call the shop, no answer. At 9 o'clock, I call the shop again and Sion, his partner, put your money into TWA and Homestead Gold. Tells me that the Tiffany lamp and vases have already been couriered. They've gone already, I almost scream. Yep, picked him up this morning. I flop back down on the bed and enter a half-sleep. At 9.10 the phone rings and it's Jacob. I tell him I've been up all night worrying. What are you worried about, he says. I try to explain that I've spent more money, much more money than I can afford on something I don't really need. If you read the next bit in a Robert De Niro Goodfellas accent, you'll be close. Don't think about the money, he says. He seems to think $6,000 is nothing. Don't worry about the money. I want you to have a nice relaxing time and feel good. And now you're getting all worried. Don't worry. Come down to my store in two hours. I'll be there by then and we'll work it out. Don't worry. And he hangs up. There's nothing I can do, so I try and sleep for two hours. I get up at 10.30, shower, and then pack up the carpet and walk down to the shop. P.S. As I compile this diary in 2013, I can't remember what happened next. I must have blocked it out. What I do know is that the rug is rolled up in a cupboard in my house. I have moved house a few times since 1997 and got divorced, not because of the rug, but it probably didn't help. To this day, I never lived in a house for which the rug had much use. There was never a wall space where I could hang it, and I can't put it on the floor and walk on it. And yet, I've never had it valued, nor have I attempted to sell it. It is a very beautiful rug. I'm sure it has a value, but probably nowhere near what Jacob charged me. The fact is, I can't face the confirmation that I was conned by someone to whom I had first extended generosity and the consequential blow to my fundamental belief in the goodness of humanity. Maybe it is worth $6,000. Maybe it's worth $20,000. One day, I'll bite the bullet and find out. I can tell you that in 2021, I still haven't. Thursday, 4th of September, Toronto, the government. Woke at eight, unable to properly sleep and annoyed with myself. I need to sleep late if I can. Willed myself back into sleep until 11 o'clock when I got up and wandered out and down to Young Street looking for a place to get my roots done. 
I have an interview today with Much Music, the Canadian MTV here in Toronto. I stumbled upon a hairdresser called Hair by Sophia, a rundown looking salon, but what the hell, it's only roots. Sophia is in her 50s, I'd guess, half Russian and half Iranian, and I can tell immediately a sweetheart. She does my roots and I blow dry myself while she talks to another customer. I head back to the Primrose Hotel, dropping in at a pharmacy to buy vitamin B, which I imagine will make me sing better. When I arrive back at the hotel, Tim rings to say Pete T has been mugged last night. He was set upon and beaten up by someone who then took his wallet. He's at the hospital being x-rayed to check if anything is broken. Everyone I meet tells me that no one ever got mugged in Toronto. It's one of the safest cities on earth. Well, Pete T managed it. We are invited to lunch today by our new, watch this space, record company. So we meet up in the lobby at two o'clock with Maya, who seems okay, but not terribly clued up and not overly interested. She takes us to the Bamboo Cafe on Queen Street and her colleague, whose name I forget, turns up an hour late. Didn't particularly like him either. By this time, the Much Music TV interview is cancelled. Surprise. Shame. I was looking forward to mentioning Pete's mugging. Maybe that's why it's cancelled. Not happy TV, and the label can't risk damaging their relationship with Much Music any more than Much Music wants to piss the mayor off by publicising a mugging in the, quote, safest city on earth, unquote. The band went straight to the sound check while Tim and I returned to the hotel to pick up Pete, who was back from the hospital. His face is swollen on both sides and his eyes are both black and bruised. He's obviously in great pain, but he insists on coming to the soundcheck, although we suggest he should stay at the hotel until the show. He says he'd feel better if he soundchecked. What a man. At the soundcheck, it becomes apparent that we're not really wanted here. There is some film festival opening in the next room tonight, and they want us on stage at 7.30pm to get us out of the way before the real action happens. The room we are playing sounds dreadful and my voice ain't great. Whoopee. We return to the hotel to pick up our things for the show. I pack everything away, including my new lamp, back into its bubble wrap and carrier bags and by the time I'm finished, we have to go back to the gig. When we get back, there's hardly anyone there, maybe 70 people. It filled up during the show but the total attendance was still pitiful. During Afraid of Sunlight, my voice just about stopped working, leaving me to cough and speak my way through the rest of the show. Tonight was being filmed for an internet transmission. That'll have to be canned for a kickoff. I managed to curb my temper and despair, despite feeling at an all-time low. Pete, black eyes hidden behind sunglasses, played tenaciously through the set, although at times there was an uncertainty in his playing which betrayed how much pain he was in. He shamed me into good behaviour, despite all the problems. My guitar levels were odd again tonight, and the vocal sound came and went in my monitors. 
I came off stage feeling wretched, really feeling like packing it all in. I went back to the hotel to shower and I had to do an interview to explain why the TV people can't broadcast the show. Decided to do it in bed and Mark Kay got in too. By this time, my mind had already left Toronto. Fortunately, my body only had to stay there for another hour. And we're back. Yay! And that really is just a beautiful story. I need to meet this guy. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time you, you can't go back, afford it. Maybe next time you go back, you should go and take <laughs> no. a video camera so we can all meet him. I'll go without my credit cards, that's for sure. If I go, yeah, just yeah, just walk in and I'll, say, Look, I've, I've given. I'll take five dollars. I go, This yeah. is it. I know you're going to take this off me, but it's all I've got. I've already given, <laughs> but can but can I introduce you to some friends? <laughs> oh, man. I think it's brilliant. And it is a fantastic rug, to be fair. It is a good rug. And yeah. I, I still have yet to have it valued because I, 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 it would feel like some kind of a, a failure of faith. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason at all. I think there's a, there's a bit of inner Yorkshireman that just is clinging on to the fact that it may be worth more than what you paid for it. Yeah, it's a very, 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 very small bit of Yorkshireman. <laughs> it's really clinging. <laughs> the rest of oh. me just can't bear to stare in the face the fact that a man I'd given free concert <laughs> tickets to then then used that to to rip me off blind. <laughs> I, I, I think I it's brilliant. I can't bear to face that. That's what it is. I think it's brilliant. I think it's what Arkwright would like to have been. It's 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 the it's the end of that particular story. But um we while while we were off air, um we were having a very quick look at, at Rufus's um Wikipedia page. Just just to see how close we were in terms of uh, and, and actually you were slightly out, weren't you? With Never Rufus's. knowingly accurate and no. You? No. Um, but we're going to correct in real time, which is unusual for us. Yeah, we normally we don't worry about those things. <laughs> but we're going to we're going to uh, correct in real time. But you were right that Rufus is very gay, mm. uh, and uh, he married um, he married in 2012. Um, but there's a wonderful quote. Um, so uh, when he was talking about his personal life. Um, he came out in 2010 as being publicly in favour of same-sex marriage because he wanted to uh, to, to marry uh, this chap, uh, Jorn Weisbrot. Uh, and he stated, and this is the quote that's brilliant, I wasn't a huge, huge gay marriage supporter before I met Jorn because I loved the whole old-school promiscuous Oscar Wilde freak show of what being gay once was. Now, that's a quote, isn't it? Well, I've kind of been around Rufus a bit, and I'm here to tell you he, he, he didn't apply the brakes much with anything. You've gone I'm quiet. Letting, I'm letting it settle. <laughs> I was just... 
I was just letting that comment settle. <laughs> I thought I think everybody everybody out there needed a moment just to recenter. Well, bless him, he's had a good time. He nice sure has. Yeah, nice to know. But you were so you were wrong in terms of the fact that he married uh, Leonard Cohen's daughter. But what the connection is was that his uh, he had a daughter with Leonard Cohen's daughter. Um, yes. Uh, and that was conceived via sperm donation. Um, so uh, he does have a daughter um, with, with, I think it must be Lorca, L-O-R-C-A, mm. uh, Cohen. Mm. Um, so, so, that, so that link was there. So it was just the marriage bit in the middle that wasn't quite. And he's still producing music, putting an album out in 2020. So there we are. There's your, there's your Rufus Wainwright update for this week. Um, in terms of feedback we had, because obviously Chris Neal was with us last week and Chris was an absolute joy. Um, uh, really, really was. Absolutely lovely. Um, but there seems to be a lot of positivity towards this concept of a um, bollocks for Christmas show. Christmas bollocks. Yeah. Yes, that, that, has, that, that, that has come back, hasn't it? That is, uh, as, a, as a thing the listeners would, um, would applaud. Yes. So I'll start softening him up. <laughs> well, I, I I did get a message from him this morning because I I did send him a link to some of the feedback and I did right. get a message from him this morning thanking me for the links and various bits and saying, um, if you want me for Christmas, let me know. Uh, book, book me in early. <laughs> if you want me for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is Chris Neal. It's Chris Neal. Was he? But was he one of those Chris's that was born on Christmas Day? He might have been actually. That might be his Ooh. birthday. Ooh. I don't know if that could be another never knowingly accurate fact from Mister H. But it's a wonderment. It's ringing a distant bell. All right. Well, that will make it even even more special. It's approaching his birthday then. Yeah, I think it might be unreasonable to ask him to do it on Christmas Day, but but we can we can definitely get one in the bank. I think we should. Approaches. I think I think we should. Well, do you think it would be possible for us to maybe do something where we maybe speak to two or three people who've gone down well and maybe sort of put it all together in a little bit of a little bit of a combo? Maybe get maybe get you know um, Dave Greggs on. Yes. Uh, well, Dave Greggs had some very bad news this week, which is that the the lead singer Dave Longdon, a, a big big train. Died suddenly mm. and tragically uh, midweek. So I did drop Greg's a, a text saying, God, I'm really, really sorry. And he, mm. he said it, it was a terrible shock. No one knows how much time no. that got left. No. None of us. No. It doesn't I matter think... whether we're seven years old or 77. No. I think, to be honest, I think when we wrap up this, I think you should take that microphone out of that kettle. <laughs> Fill it full of gin. <laughs> Make yourself a cuppa. So we'll perhaps do that at Christmas then. Perhaps see if uh, get get see if we can get two or three of them. Uh, have a proper festive occasion. I was yeah. rapping with Rothers on the bus and he said he'd be up for doing one as well. So, yeah, we could include... Well, I think we need to get Rothers on on his own, don't we? Because um, okay, then I think we perhaps ought to. I think, that, but but I still think we, you know, the, the two things aren't exclusive, are they? But um, I think if Chris Neal's happy to come and do Christmas bollocks, then I think we should do Christmas bollocks. Um, you know, and maybe add a couple of other people who 
could talk bollocks as well in. Yes. Yeah, we are referring, of course, to the talking of bollocks. Yes. Not the actual physical glands. No, I bet Chris has got a backdrop. <laughs> He's got a Zoom backdrop he can use. Don't surprise me. <laughs> something, something crocheted. <laughs> crocheted testicles. No, that's a good name for a band, actually. Oh, should we call it a day there, then? Because <laughs> this is getting a bit surreal. All I'll right, tell you yeah. what I, I must, must, must ask before you go. Um, the Croomcast last week, fantastic. Now, I just I, I assumed it was done on stage. Was it done on stage? It was. It, was, uh, it wasn't done as a performance on stage. I, I, I quickly played the piano on stage. And then uh, I came. I came back to my hotel room and, and sang the vocal. In fact, no, I sang the vocal on the bus because oh. um, I didn't have a room to sing it. And so I, I waited until there was no one on the bus, and then I sang the vocal. Um, so it was assembled in two bits, you know, piano on the stage and vocal on the bus, which is probably how I'll have to do this week's as well. Mm. If I can think of something, think of something to uh, to croon. Mm. I usually sort of refer to what whatever we've been nattering about, don't I, these days? So I'll have a listen through and see what um, what rears its head. Mm. Well, I'm I'm due to speak to you again this week because we're recording an odds and sods, aren't we, for for the purple? So we are. We'll have a chat when you're in London, and we'll get that sorted. And then the next time I speak to you for TCD, you'll it'll be done. We'll have had Hammer Smith, and you'll be yes. So I'll be I'll be reunited with your rug. <laughs> be back into my domestic world whirlwind. Mm. Indeed, <laughs> the Force Ten Gale. Well, enjoy. What's left? Um, so, what have you got left? Liverpool, Bath, and London. Is that right? Yeah, that's all. I, I, I would cheerfully do do another twenty. It's been great fun. Mm. It really has. Mm. So, looking forward to you know what what's next up. I've got a couple of solo shows. I've got Oxford. Um, I might do one in Liverpool in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well, and I might even do one in Hamburg, but it, it depends whether or not Hamburg is locked down again. Because I know it's all kicking off in Europe yes, again, is. and uh, they're locking all the countries down. In which case, that won't be an option. But I just got it into my head the other day to go to Hamburg and do a, a show um, for no reason at all, other than that I just sort of felt. Compelled, and you've got to go with these feelings when they come to you because there's always a reason. Um, so I I was getting the web Germany to bung me a Hamburg show in to, um, mm. sort of towards the end of January, but whether that will happen or not, I don't know. But I may well return to Liverpool and maybe play the Cavern middle of January, just for shits and giggles. Indeed. Indeed. And as we both know, there's a lot of shits and giggles goes on in Liverpool. <laughs> there certainly is. 
I'm dying for a shit, a girl said as she walked past me today in the street. I thought, hmm, seems like a nice girl. Well, she's in touch with the body. <laughs> uh, I'll leave you to your kettle. Thank you. I'll fill it with gin. And uh, I'll, see, I'll see you in London. I won't. I'll talk to you in London. I'll talk but to I you might in see you in London. Will I see you in London? No, no I saw no. you in Manchester. Well, I didn't even uh, see you in Manchester. We were in the same room. Yeah. Well, you know, you saw me. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was... That was that was that was the truth. That was that was the truth. Yeah. No, oh, it's been great. It's really been great. So I'll say bye bye. Bye bye everyone. I'm going to take my microphone out of the kettle and work out how to put the lights on in my room, which is so far evaded me. I'm going to a town that's already been burned down I'm going to a place that's already been disgraced I'm gonna see some folks who've already been let down I'm so tired of America it up for all of the Sunday times I'm gonna make it up for all of the nursery rhymes You never really seem to want to tell the truth I'm so tired of America Making my own way home don't want to be alone I've got a life to live America i got a life to live Tell me, do you really think you go to hell for having
almost certainly I'm going to a town that is Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.